So some of you may already know that one of the richest men in the world, Warren Buffett, is also one of the most voracious readers. So instead of me introducing the episode today, I'm going to let Warren Buffett do the introduction for you. Here's what Warren Buffett said about today's book. Begin quote. It's a gem. I wish everyone at Berkshire would follow his advice. We would own the world. End quote. Well, hello. Hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs. Books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. Jack Mitchell is chairman of the Mitchell Stores, a three-generation family business that operates men's and women's high-end clothing and jewelry stores in Connecticut, New York, California, Washington, and Oregon that are nationally renowned for their personal service touches and strong relationships. Today, we're talking about Jack's first book, Hug Your Customers, The Proven Way to Personalize Sales and Achieve Astounding Results. Hug Your Customers was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Jack, I'm really excited to have you on the show and learn from you. So welcome. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, Monty. Just thrilled to be here. Thank you for inviting me to participate. Thank you. Thank you very much. And your your enthusiasm is infectious, I must say, especially <laughs> uh, you are, you know, you, you're uh, older than my dad and I could see the excitement um, and the enthusiasm that you have. So I'm really thrilled. Um, and let's get into this. Uh, let's talk about the book. Uh, Hug your customers. Uh, maybe people don't even understand what it means literally and metaphorically to hug your customers. So tell our listeners why should they read this book? What is Hug, hug Your Customers all about? Well, one one of the simple reasons is that I'm a real, you know, I'm an author, yes, but I'm a real a real retailer, yeah. and I always I always wear my tape, so it, it signifies that I'm in the clothing business. So when I'm on the selling floor, which I am still, um, even though I'm the chairman and meeting and greeting customers, um, so I'm a I'm an author, but I'm also a real entrepreneur. So everything I've said in the book, lots of stories. Lots of takeaways, hopefully that that people can use for their business. Anyone who has customers, and most most of our businesses have customers, <laughs> um, is that's what they can pick up. They can pick up how to take a customer, a first time customer, and build them into a loyal customer for life, and they become friends. And these these people we call clients, and they become friends. And so that's what we're all about: taking these customers, making them doing these little hugs. And obviously, selling them products. We're in the we're in the clothing business. In case any of your viewers want to know, we sell. You know, mm-hmm. we're in the upper end space, the luxury space. We're sort of like a small Neiman Marcus, if you will, in terms of the product mix. Mm-hmm. We have Armani and and we have Keaton, we have Zenian, we have Oscar De La Renta and Gucci and Pucci and all the products. But we're this book is all about how to do customer service by personalizing customer service Got it. and we've gone and we've gone from one little store 800 square feet 1958 my parents were in their mid-50s and today we have large stores that 800 square feet is turned in in Westport Connecticut a town of only 28,000 people we have a 27,000 foot store and we we're part of that community and we love what we do so so as we're getting into this and we're already getting into kind of your story your business story that led you writing led you to writing this book. So tell us a little more about, uh, you know, take a minute or two to tell us about your story, and what led you to this book. Well, my story is it really, as you just indicated, it's my family business story. We're a third generation family business. Mom and dad started it fifty six, seven years ago. They were in their mid fifties. My brother Bill 
came in first. We, my parents have two sons. I have one brother. And he came in in 1965. I came in in 69. It was a men's and boys store in this small little town of 28,000 people. It was smaller then. And then we grew. We have we have four sons. My brother has three. We I don't know what we were drinking in those days, but we just mm-hmm. had the boys. Mm-hmm. And we were blessed with seven sons. And and the, they all they all over the past you know years have come into the family business so now we have we have seven active actually six one actually left but he's still very much part of the family and so we have six of the seven active in the third generation we now have store in, in Greenwich Connecticut Richards mm-hmm. Wilkes Bashford we bought out of out of bankruptcy in 09 um, San Francisco and Palo Alto and Mario's just through a partnership in Seattle and um, and um, Oakland. Now, how did I decide to write the book? I said to myself, what was I going to be doing when I became the chairman? And what was I going to be doing? So all of a sudden, I was asked to be a, not a keynote speaker, but a panelist at our CEO summit. And I got carried away, as you say, I am a passionate entrepreneur. And so I got carried away in our six, my six minutes talking about that we were just not going to be about the internet. Yes, we would go online and we've just done that a year or two ago. But really, it was about customers. Customers for us were the center of the universe. And we've always been since mom and dad started. We, we viewed this. Everybody, everybody's on the selling floor. It's the golden rule. And we have, we have, we know their names and their birthdays and their anniversaries and their nicknames. And whether they go to, they go to, to UCLA or they go to Berkeley or do they, where do they go to school? Do they like Pepsi or Coke? We try to know everything we can to personalize the relationship with each and every customer. And when that happens, you know, it, it, it's magic. These customers become friends and they become clients for life. And I said, we're also data-driven. We measure every single thing behind the scenes of this hugging culture, if you will, is is is, is our, our focus and our commitment to technology. So we have very simple but sophisticated computer system, which enables us to record this data, to measure things. And so this is what I was going to be, I, I said, you know, and I got off the stage in this six or seven minutes, everybody clapped with the dot-com era, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, I said, customers are the center of the universe, and that's what we're all about. And then all of a sudden, I said, maybe I could be a speaker. And then I went to the Washington Speakers Bureau, and they said, my goodness, you, you, you can't be a really a speaker unless you have a book. <laughs> So in comes Jack Romanos, who was the head of Simon & Schuster, who was a good friend and customer. And I told him, he said, I'll give you an hour of my time. I went in and they loved the idea. They didn't, they didn't yeah, um, buy the book, but, but I wrote the book with a great collaborator and people like Warren Buffett endorsed it, Ralph Lauren endorsed it, and a lot of wonderful friends endorsed the book and the book became, you know, I've done, the book sold a lot of copies and I've also do motivational, I've done 250 motivational speeches throughout the country and the world. But anybody that has customers, Which I think, can benefit, for, can, can benefit by, by reading um, my book. Great, great. So, great story and a great uh, background on how this all came about. And usually, at this stage, I'll get into the overall big picture of the book, and then we'll get into three specific ideas. But here, I want to kind of, uh, given the structure of the book, I'm going to um, take a different road here. And we're going to start off by asking, you know, you, start off, you started a little bit by telling us what... Hugging, hugging your customers really about. But in the book, you identify there are two key components to hugging your customer, passion and long-term relationships. Let's talk yes. about those. To me, you have to have the passion to really focus on the customers because some of us love the product and some of us, you know, so it's, it's all about 
really, really believing that this customer service through personalization works. And so in our business, you know, in our, in our space in the clothing business, most people are passionate about the product. Mm-hmm. And then they, maybe they give personalized customer service and they very rarely talk about their people. We flip that paradigm upside down. We're all about people and passionate about customers, passionate about our associates. We call them associates, but we can call them employees for the sake of today. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and we try to get to know each and every one of them. And then, by the way, we sell clothes. Mm. Now, I'll, I'll, So that's sort of the way we look at the world. And it's again, it's that passion. Every day we wake up in the morning, we meaning our associates and our family, whether they be a tailor, whether they be a accounts receivable person, whether they be a sales associate, and they think about the customers. And, and we have all kinds of systems, which we can talk about, that enable them to do that. And they look at what's going on through our technology. We know the score in every single one. And we're passionate about being the very best clothing store in the world, candidly, in personalizing customer service. And when that happens... If the customer journey is, is successful, they buy a lot of clothes, they come back more frequently, they're profitable. We can get into that later too of, of how that works. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're all about. And then and then the um, the second part here was the passion and then… The long-term relationships. You said that one of the most important components of hugging is building a long-term relationship with your customer. Of course. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, we have two or three generations now of customers, you know, they're, they, they were shopping with my parents, they shopped with my brother and myself, and now, you know, we have five grandchildren in, in college, so they all of a sudden, you know, Cuccinelli is a perfect example of Cuccinelli, the product, you know, Brunello has for men and for women, and I, I, I candidly say I wear Cuccinelli, my sons wear Cuccinelli, and my grandsons wear Cuccinelli, the same with my wife, so all of a sudden we have the three generations of around products, and we know them. And they know us and we know, again, their birthdays and we send them birthday cards and anniversary cards when it happens. And they, they come in when they're little kids and they come in. We have a whole section for, for kids, you know, um, with a big fish tank and kids come in and, my, and they, they read stories and, and um, while their parents shop. And the kids sometimes hard to get them away because they're having so much fun within the store. We're a family store that loves to work with relationships. There's a Paul Newman story. Would you tell us about that? Sure. I, I love the telling Paul Newman. Paul Newman was a wonderful friend and, and obviously a great American hero. He lived in Westport, sort of under the radar with Joanne Woodwitter, obviously. And in the very beginning, when my, this was an 800-square-foot store, Paul came in and my dad was selling him some clothes. My mother was reading one of their children some stories, and, and they, they wouldn't leave. And Paul had to bribe them with a, to, a new bike to get them to go, and they finally left. And so it cost them a bicycle, Paul always said. No, but Paul did so many things for this. That's another good point, though, Amani, is that our, you know, we're part of the community. So people like Paul Newman, you know, if we had other stars that he would bring to the store, and they didn't want to have anybody know that they were shopping with us. So we respected their privacy. Paul would walk around Westport and, and, and feel comfortable because he was part of the community. Yeah, so it's like it's it's uh, it's fascinating how hugging, which is composed of two components, passion for the customer and building a long-term relationship for the customer, and as uh, with the customer, and as we do that, we find that our business becomes more profitable or better and continues to grow in the long term. So let's let's talk about how 
uh, how we go about doing that. And I think one of the most important things you talk about is really understanding the customer, listening to them, learning from them, profiling them, like just, just really trying to understand them. Exactly. We ask probing questions, you know, um, you know, as we get going, obviously the, the goal, of course, is to get to know them. And also, if you get to know them, then you know what their lifestyle is so you can put the proper clothes on them. So clearly, um, you take Paul, well, Paul Newman is not a good example. Um, any, any of our top executives, like I, in my book, I, since we're in Connecticut, we, we're blessed to have the GE as corporate headquarters, at least up until next six months they're going to be moving, but they've been in Connecticut for a long time. So you get to know, you know, let's say one of the, the people there and you know that they like, the, you know, um, they have to wear business suits to, to Wall Street when they go there in GE headquarters. Now they just went business casual. So you know that by knowing them. And then, so you get to know these customers and then you, you ask them their birthdays or anniversaries. They, we, they become friends. You go to the, 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 the charitable events that they support and that we support in the community and all and we put this is the part of the data driven we have this simple system we for i don't like the word profiling because of the obvious relationships but that's what we still call it and we put the the data into our computer system under three areas business family and um and personal so we, we fill that in and we don't interrogate them. We just talk with them. And all of a sudden you learn that they, they root for the Yankees and not the Red Sox or vice versa. And they've been like Indra Nui, who is a, has gone public. She endorsed my books. Um, she's a, the CEO of Pepsi. I wouldn't give her a Coke. I wouldn't offer her a Coke, obviously. <laughs> so you learn little things like that, yeah. that personalized relationships. And we, we record them <clears throat> so that we have that data to use going forward. And all of that is totally focused on getting to know the customer and then sharing stories about yourself. I mean, we have, you know, and we're not on commission. That's another whole discussion. Mm. But, but everybody's, everybody works as a team and everybody introduces some of these customers to the, the store managers, to my brother or to myself or to our sons or my nephews. And it becomes a, a family place to come and, and shop, <clears throat> but a family place to come and have a good time. That's sort of the, what, what happens and then we build those relationships forever that's all and it's all in the book and it's all stories I, I have these simple fun stories that like you were mentioning the Paul Newman story every little chapter has a story in it and then a business point that that, that documents why this kind of story is important yeah and I think you talk about the idea that understanding the customer is so important uh it's even more important than understanding your merchandise. I think that's the point you make. And a, lo- a point that a lot of us entrepreneurs, uh, for a long time, we get it wrong because we think our product is the most important thing. So talk to us. Why is it more important to understand the customer rather than the product? Well, our our products, you know, we're, we're a branded store, basically. So we have the finest products in the world. Um, so... And we try to pick the, the out of these collections what our customers like, what we believe our customers like. Our buyers are on the selling floor. They know what it's they, they know what these customers want. We have trunk shows where we have shows ahead of time for the, the next season. The customers come in, they can place orders for the previous the next season. So it for us you can buy you know, I hate to say it, but you can buy Xenia and Keton and, and, and Gucci and Prada and Jimmy Choo and, and um, Manola Blahnik shoes and many stores. So it's a matter of, um, you know, in, in a multi-brand store, you can buy a Jimmy Choo shoe and you can buy a Todd shoe. So 
And that's the kind of products we, we have those products. So it's more important that we get the relationship so that the customers come become in in our store and they can buy different products that we have for them. We we really and and we build hugging relationships with the vendors. I mean, I obviously know Jill Dozenia, I know Giorgio Armani, Ralph Lauren. These people endorsed my book, so we have these relationships personal with the vendors and then they give us certain considerations but they also maybe will will tell us a little bit more sometimes they make personal appearances like michael kors was just in the store in greenwich um i don't know 3 or 4 weeks ago he did a personal appearance so he gets to see what real customers are all about in a multi brand store and he feels comfortable so that's the way all of a sudden when when they our customers see that we know these vendors that we're picking products for them I'm not saying product isn't important in my book. It is very important. But our competitive edge is that we're about personalizing the customer relationship. And we go from, I don't even like the word transaction. You know, at the heart of every transaction is a personal relationship. You just have to find what the connection is. And when that connection happens, the customers come back forever. Yeah, and the other thing you talk about as to how to hug your customers is to become a customer-centric organization, which is to be constantly in touch with the customer. The entire organization has to touch the customer. And I think you started off the interview by putting the tape, which kind of indicates the whole idea, right? Exactly. So you tell us about that. How do you become a customer-centric organization? First of all, you have to understand that it's, it's all about the people. So most of it's in the hiring process, a whole section of my book called The Great, the Big Secret, which isn't a secret to many people. So it's about how do we hire the people? We hire associates for a career, I don't, not for a job. We want, our, we want our associates to stay with us forever. That's the mindset. Hugging culture is a mindset. A customer-centric is a mindset. So we, 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 I have five criteria that we use. The first one, they have to be honest. Um, you know, this is our culture, but it's also for a career honest. They have to be passionate about listening and learning and growing. They obviously have to be competent. They have to be, if they're in sales, they have to be great sellers. Or if they're a tailor, they have to know how to sew, right? Buyers don't have to know about buy. Then they're also, they also have to be positive. Positive is another big P word, if you will, next to passion. If you're, if they're negative and they're always complaining, they don't get past the second. And many times we have seven or eight interviews because we want the, the, the associate to be happy and we want to be happy. And the last one, they have to be nice. Mm. It's, it's amazing. People say, how can you measure niceness? Well, I say, you know, uh, let's say I fly to San Diego to, to visit you over the great Mississippi. I'm going to know whether the person next to me is nice or not. Mm-hmm. Did he or she spill their martini or their, or their water over me? <clears throat> Did they, were they edging me out with a, with a seat thing? <laughs> or were they saying, were they smiling and saying, so, and we have many interviews because we want sometimes, you know, with different people, because we want this person to be happy with us. Because happy associates mean happy customers. And that makes a happy customer centric, whether they're in, I mean, whether we like to say our security people, which we have because we are major jeweler now, we're the largest jeweler in Connecticut of fine jewelry. He's a hugging security manager. We are accounts receivable person who collects money for bad debts. She's so kind and so nice. I have a whole story about her in, 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 the, in the book about somebody giving her flowers after they paid off for five or $6,000 over a period of time, mm. sent her flowers for working out a payment system. So 
everybody tries to be, you know, there's another great book. I'm sure you'll, you'll find it, you know, it's the why of business. And, and our why is we're in business to make people feel great. Mm. And if if and if you get that mindset, that's the hugging, I call it the hugging culture. So so you start off by, I mean, what you're saying is to become a customer-centric organization, you start off by hiring the right people and yes, training them the right key. way to become customer-centric. But at the same time, your leadership team is in constant touch with the customer. It's not where you and your president and your CEO are all sitting in some ivory tower while the rest of the people are on the floor. No, everybody's everybody's on the floor. Saturdays are. We happen to be a suburban stores here in Connecticut, uh, Westport and Greenwich, Connecticut. So Saturday is is you know we can do three, four, or five times as much business on a Saturday. So everybody works on Saturday, and in, in, in the team, the buyers, the owners. So we're all on the selling floor, meeting and greeting, and it's and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's just everybody has a good time, mm-hmm. and um, we get to know the customers that way. And again, we use the technology. You can sit. In the evening or Sunday or whatever, and you can see who, who the customers were and write them notes. You know, by the way, I always, one simple takeaway mm-hmm. is I use a real ink pen. Mm-hmm. This is a 39 cent, I'm not promoting pilot pen, but you know, when, when you write a personal note uh-huh. to a customer with a real ink pen, mm-hmm. it's amazing how what happens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. then on the, <clears throat> on the people side, if, if I write, I, I still write personal notes every on anniversaries and birthdays. We now have 404 people that work with us. I, I write a personal note, anniversary, how many years they've been with us, whether it's one year or Dominic Condaleo has been with us for 55 of the 57 years we've been in business. <laughs> I write them a, you know, people, very few people leave because we go to their, to their birthdays. We go to their bar mitzvahs. We go to their kids' confirmations. If they get sick, we try to work out that, they, that we get the best doctors for them. We do everything we can for the people. And then, so if we hug the people, then they hug the customers. And that becomes that hugging culture that I'm talking about. And it's a career that these people have with us. Nice, nice. So it's, it's, uh, from, it's all in the book. <laughs> yeah, as I step back, as I look at, you know, uh, of course, I've I've read the book uh, and really enjoyed it. But as I, you know, looking at the interview from a bigger picture perspective, what we're really talking about is building. Again, it's it all goes back to the same thing: building relationships through passionate interest in people and really loving your people, customers, and your and your um, employees, and that actually gives you um, great results. Exactly, and and you know, it has to be genuine, obviously. Mm-hmm. These these acts of kindness and, and, and hugging have to be genuine. And then, you know, in the book also, as you know, I have a whole section on, you know, it does is this does this hugging work? That's another reason that people should read the book. Obviously, I'm I, I thought when I put in the book that we were profitable, my sons and my nephews would say, you know, Dad, you know, Uncle Jack, that that you shouldn't put that in. We don't need to put that in. Mm-hmm. But they put it they allowed us me to put it in because People ask when I do motivational speaking and when they read the book, before they read the book, are you guys profitable? And mm-hmm. the answer is, is yes. Mm-hmm. And why? You can imagine, if you have these relationships and you call up, Monty, I just saw um, some great new t-shirts come in and, 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 I, and I really think it's important that you come down because they're the most fabulous. You come down and mm-hmm. you come down at regular price. You don't have to go to Harvard or UCLA to know that 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 regular price margins are better than on sale. Mm-hmm. Right, the whole world's going on sale these days. So, 
the, the next part of it is marketing. We have these, if I had time, I would show you our, we have ma- our own magazine for mm-hmm. Connecticut and, and, and Mario's in, in Seattle and Portland and in, and in, in, San, in California, different magazines, but they're big, thick, beautiful magazines. Who pays for that? Of course, most of it's paid by the vendors because we can drop in into the most affluent homes in our market area. They're advertising in our, and it's an editorial state. So marketing usually is like five to six percent of sales. It's, you know, less, a lot less than that. So I could go around. We have, we have less people, but they're more productive. We have more million dollar, two million dollar, three million dollar sellers. And with our jewelry, some of them even go to four and five million. So we have less people, but they sell more because these people are coming in with these personal relationships and they're shopping their husbands and their wives. We have a whole program on what we call spousal conversions because we know, we know the, the husband shops, but how about the wife or the significant other or the partner? And when that happens, both people start shopping and the person that originally shopped, we know through the analytic approach, shops even more. Because they bring their families in. So I could continue on, but the whole idea was, uh, uh, you know, I said, you know, we're proud of the fact that we're profitable. Mm. You know, um, in good times, we're more profitable than in challenging times. But we use the recession, just like I remember Warren Buffett saying that sometimes during the down times is your opportunities to grow even more. And those are the times that we've actually had had acquisitions or as we've grown organically plus through acquisitions. This is great. This is great, Jack. Um, and uh, I think we've covered the the basics, the the key ideas in the book in some ways. Well, there's a lot of great stuff in there. But uh, now I want to focus our energy a little bit on giving our listeners, our entrepreneurial friends who are who have their businesses, who are starting their businesses, giving them specific action item, maybe homework, in terms of hugging their customers. What are three specific action items they can take um, over the next week or month to feel like they're actually following up on the on what they have learned here okay well of course i'm still in sales as i mentioned so i think they should um, buy and read the book that would be the, <laughs> the first one Got but it. no but i think they should focus on do they really know their top 100 customers mm. <clears throat> do they know their top 214 customers i have 214 customers says you, you know, you, you may mention my background. I have a master's degree in Chinese history. So if you learn Chinese, there are 214 radicals like alphabets. And so I always said, if, you know, there are billions of little kids in China and overseas Chinese that are, that are remembering 214. So you can remember 100 or 200. So do they know their names and their birthdays and all that kind of information? So do they know their top? That means everybody. Do they know their top 100 customers? Mm-hmm. The second one, I would urge them to communicate often through little hugs, either, mm-hmm. as I said, a personal note, mm-hmm. a text, email, or um, phone call. It's, it's amazing how with all what's going on in, in technology, how many people have forgotten that the phone is still available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I remember just a, a year or so ago, my, our oldest son, who's the head Techni- you know, he's the tech- techie guy and the yeah. you know, all about technology. He said, "Can you imagine that if we had if somebody invented the phone after we we we, we learned how to, to text and, and email? <laughs> we'd we'd all be phoning each other because it would be a way to to interact this way. So try to do everything you can to communicate the way the customer wants it to be done. If if I I text my grandchildren and I call my wife, so you know." 
what what they like, not what you like, but what they like, mm-hmm. what, what means of communication. So that, I think that's a simple takeaway take too. And the other one that touches everyone is, again, getting their birthdays and their anniversaries. Like I said earlier, when I drop a note, personal note, as I do to all the people that work with us, they come and tell me, they say, thank you, I can't believe that you continue to do this, Jack. But there is a hidden agenda, and they know it. If I do it, and it touches them, and they see how powerfully that emotional connection is, then they do it with their customers, or their vendors that they're buying from, or the bankers, or whoever the, the accounting the accounting people. So, so that's I, those are three simple takeaways, and the last big one, which is again, you have to you have to really use the data. Mm-hmm. You, it's so much data. Find out what data you can use in your job in within the, your entrepreneurial com- company to measure what you're trying to measure and measure it and stick to those measurements. And that also is a hug because you need those the, those measurements. Do you have to know the score in the daily sales? You have to know that who's selling, who isn't selling. And you can then show the, help show the people, those people that are managers and leaders or entrepreneurs, how to raise the bar and become better and better and better to be the very best they can be. Well, this is great. All right, uh, Jack, I think we've covered uh, quite a lot of ground at this interview, and uh, you've given us your precious time uh, to educate our listeners. And I, I hope everyone will go out and get a copy and get to read this book. Uh, awesome read on customer service, really, on, on loving your customer and really creating a culture of customer-centric organization. So how can our listeners find you, get the book, and all that good stuff? They can, they, the book is called Hug Your Customers. Also wrote another one called Hug Your People. But Hug Your Customers is the one we've been talking about. And it's been updated and revised. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can buy it at their local bookstores. They can buy it at, on Amazon. And they can also buy it from me if they want to. You know, my, my, um, my address is jackm at mitchells.com. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to buy a lot of them, I, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm competitive. So mm-hmm. I'd be happy. And I'd be happy to talk to any of your listeners or entrepreneurs about the book, but I'll be happy to personalize them, again, with a real ink pen. Anybody, I, I like doing that. Mm. And so if they want a personalized copy, they can write, write, write directly to me. Awesome. Well, this is, this is very generous of you. Well, thank you very much, Jack. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I feel the same way, Money. Thank you so very, very much. And the best of luck to you. And, 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 and I think your idea of, of, of the 2,000 books is absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Well, last month was really exciting because I got to talk to a lot of you one-on-one. I got to understand your challenges and your frustrations in your entrepreneurial journey. And a lot of you got back to me after the call saying that you applied the advice you got from me and it helped you out tremendously. And that to me is one of the most rewarding things for me, knowing that I was able to help you move forward. So even though my initial plan was to just do this for one month, given the fun I had and given your overwhelming response and request, I have opened up my Thursdays for this month as well. So I'll do this again. I will talk to you, listen to you, answer any and all business questions you may have and take in any suggestions you have for us, for the podcast, for the YouTube channel, for our products. So if you would like to talk to me, just schedule a free 30-minute chat with me at 2000books.com slash discuss or text the word discuss to 44222 and we will get talking, you and I. Now, I'm really excited about this because it will really give me the opportunity to get to know you, understand you, and serve you better. 
By the way, I want to be doubly clear that this is not a sales call. I will not pitch anything to you and I hope you won't sell anything to me either, okay? So let's just talk like friends, deal? All right, so I'm only doing this for Thursdays and there are only four Thursdays this month. So get a time slot before they're all gone. Just head on over to 2000books.com slash discus or text the word discus to 44222 and schedule a time that is convenient for you. And now I'm really looking forward to talking with you. So let's do this. Okay, I have a question for you. How much is your time really worth? I mean, in dollars per hour. Is it worth anything more than $3.33 per hour? If yes, how do you use all the extra time during the day, like the time in the gym or while doing your laundry or running errands or driving or doing grocery or running or walking or doing chores around your home? Because I use my extra time to listen to audiobooks. So if I bought an audiobook for $10 and listened to it for three hours, I paid $3.33 per hour for that knowledge. So if you're making anything more than $3.33 per hour, I think you should be able to invest that money in constantly upgrading your mind. And audiobooks are definitely one of the cheapest investments with the highest ROI, in my opinion. So if you want to try out what I'm saying, you can give Audible a try by signing up for a free trial membership and get any audiobook for free. And if you don't like it, just cancel the trial membership and you won't be charged anything. However, you still get to keep the audiobook for free forever. So pretty good deal, right? And you've got nothing to lose but a free audiobook to gain. So to avail of this offer, just head on over to 2000books.com slash free or text the word audiobooks to 44222. Now that's one word, audiobooks to 44222, and we'll get back to you with the details. Well, until next time, my ambitious friends, go out and live a courageous life.